What makes a law firm? It's about passion, knowledge, understanding, and service. That's what defines Fluxman's. In this podcast series, we take you behind the desks of some of South Africa's smartest legal minds. Well, when it comes to property law, Lisa Tanini is the go-to person. A director of Fluxman since 2003, Lisa's worked on many exciting and diverse projects, Melrose Arch, for example, the Innovation Hub in Pretoria, and the establishment of various townships and sectional title schemes, which are essential in a country where people are trying to get into housing, affordable housing, housing in urban areas. So it's a pleasure to meet you, Lisa. Thank you Thank for you. making some time for us today in, in between all the um, the things that are going on in property law at the moment. And it's a, a really interesting time to be talking about property law. Uh, how did you get into law and how did you get into property law? Oh, gosh. So um, <laughs> two interesting stories. I got into law because I was an avid fan of a program, Rich Man, Poor Man. Oh, yeah. And I saw myself as Maggie, the lawyer, who was going to save the world and protect people's rights, etc. Almost like an, so, an early Erin Brockovich. Yes. Right. Yeah. So there was no career guidance or IQ tests there, but just an interest in the law. And then I got into property law uh, because I started a family. And I said to my um, partners at the time that I intended to work half day. Um, previously, I'd done a you know, a whole range, a wide range of, of law. And they said, that's fine, but then you have to run the conveyancing department. So for 10 years, I did that, working half day. And when I joined Fluxman's, I went back to work full time and I've been in property and conveyancing since then. You know, um, men in law tend to, to be of a certain kind. And there is this ugly, insinuation that women in law are of a certain kind of personality. Um, it's interesting that because you wanted to have a family, you had to make certain sacrifices, make certain decisions. Do you think that that's something that a lot of men in the profession don't completely understand? Yes, definitely. There is a, a lack of understanding and a lack of support for women um, who want to start families and who want to balance the um, the two. I mean, there are a lot of women in law who are doing extremely well, and there are women on the bench, and there are women in various places um, that that where they're competing, you know, at the same level as mm -hmm. men are. And then, then there are some differences, and maybe the guys don't always understand that. No, and I think at the end of the day, for a woman, if you've decided to have a family, that pull is particularly strong. Mm. So, um, and it's not easy to accommodate both. Um, I, I found it um, incredibly rewarding because I was able to to look after my children. But at the same time, you know, I did get calls in the afternoon and I drafted agreements while watching play, ballet. And <laughs> my children always said to me, Mom, you never get friendly phone calls. You never get people asking you to meet for coffee. They're always phoning. In trouble. In trouble, and where's this, and what's that? <laughs> so that was a challenge. And they all always knew in the in the car, if the phone rang, they had to be quiet. So mid-fight or mid-argument, <laughs> they, they learned to be still. 
Well, I suppose that's an additional challenge. It certainly didn't stop you from achieving in your career, and you've gone on to to specialize. You've done courses in advanced property law, Correct. In LLM, right? Yes. So I'm in the process of completing so I, that. What does advanced property law consist of? I mean, most of us, I remember I didn't do too well at property law, but I understood the various common law rights to property and the idea that the uh, that one of the one of the duties of the state is to protect private property for individuals and that kind of thing. But advanced property law does that refer especially to the new kinds of property that people are are, are able to own in terms of you know dense living spaces and 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 high rise apartments and sectional titles and also constitutional aspects etc. So. What the um, course is really about is not so much a broad-based advanced property law, but uh, where a student selects a topic and then, you know, drills down into the detail. In my instance, because of my interest in um, sectional title development and leaseholds and township establishments, I chose to to study or to read um, for to get into more detail on sectional title development okay. and some of the challenges. And obviously your experience in that department has helped you to put together the the essential information here yes, for, for a thesis. Yes, definitely. I've got you know, quite a lot of practical experience. And um, working with developers also, there's certain challenges in the Act that um, – I've come to recognize, and it's those challenges that I want to address in my dissertation. Well, property law has such a a large set of challenges. If you think about the fact mm. that you have conveyances, the deeds office, property developers, um, people who are estate agents, uh, there are all kinds of characters that come into this. Absolutely. Some of them are difficult to work with. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's not always easy, and then mm. you have to be the one that – Sometimes mediates, sometimes arbitrates, and sometimes has Defends to has to also. defend. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Mm. No, it is a challenge, I must say. I have a fantastic team um, that are incredibly diligent and loyal, and we've managed to to build up quite a strong team support group. Right. Now, obviously, this is very relevant to what's going on in South Africa at the moment, but there's a lot of talk about Section 25 of the Constitution and people's property rights. Uh, some people say that those are being assailed at the moment. Other people are saying, no, no, don't worry. They're all perfectly well entrenched in our Bill of Rights. I mean, how are we feeling about property rights right now? Well, I must say I'm supportive of the view that the Constitution doesn't need to change, that there are proper mechanisms in place to address the need for restitution. Mm-hmm. And in some instances, I do believe that compensation would not be paid to to owners or should not be paid. And in other instances, yes. Uh, I think it's a very tricky process because um, there's a wide range of needs and and um, very peculiar. There's very yeah. peculiar requirements mm. in South Africa. I mean, mm. many South Africans, by far the vast majority of South Africans, don't have their title deeds. They don't own the property that they live in. Correct. Yes. And that's obviously so. That needs to be addressed. Sure. And obviously, then one of the ways that you seek to address this in in the ways you can is is by trying to get these sectional titles and 
townships and all the rest of it sorted out from Correct. a legal point of view so that yes. it will be easier for people to enter the, the property market. Correct, yes. And there are, you know, systems in place with um, in government um, organizations, the deeds office right. and the Department of Land Affairs that are established and would know how to deal with these issues without changing the constitution. Are they always easy to work with? No. I mean, there are challenges. <laughs> um, the local authorities are, are really in a quite a bad state right. in the sense of being mismanaged and um, their service delivery is really not great. And I would imagine it's even harder in rural areas. Exactly, yes. Oh. So there are areas like Baputatswana, for example, where you can find absolutely no records of certain title deeds or properties. So that is a, a huge challenge. Wow. Um, I would imagine also that being involved in property law, you, you get into some very interesting arguments and discussions with people because it's an area that's changed so much. Can you just explain to me, from the point of view as an outside, of an outsider, what has happened in your experience over the years in property law, where we're at now in terms of the way people feel about property in South Africa? Well, in my view, people are becoming a, a lot more aware of their rights and their entitlements to own property. And um, there is a, a need um, from you know, the general population to address their needs and their entitlements. And people are certainly becoming more aware of the need to have and to own property. So... Previously, you know, we dealt mainly with um, transactions involving established townships and mm. people buying and selling and mortgaging their property. But more and more we see the need to um, develop low-cost housing and affordable housing for huge numbers of, of people in rural areas. How does that compare for you in terms of excitement with doing a Melrose Arch or a, an innovation hub? No, I'm passionate about property law, and I love um, the idea of making it fit together, almost as if a if you're constructing a jigsaw puzzle, because it's not easy to design a, um, a township and to deal with the legal constraints of existing title deeds and previous mm -hmm. owners and servitude. So I love a challenge, and it doesn't matter if it's, you know, for an affordable housing or a luxury development. But they, they both require a huge amount of work. Yes, they do. And, and sometimes you'll uh, work late into the night on these things. And, yes, and, so and I find I work better at night. And the family just have to understand. They do, <laughs> they do. What do you do to relax? Well, I play golf. Okay. I'm passionate about that. Mm -hmm. um, I love cooking and gardening, and I do painting. Oh, wow. Mm. So you would you call yourself an artist? or No, in training, let's okay. say. All right, an artist well, in training. You know, maybe one day mm. we'll pick up one of your paintings for a couple of million. <laughs> <laughs> like all the great artists, it might have to require you to not be around anymore oh, <laughs> to yeah. be worth a lot. Well, that's exciting. Um, I mean, it sounds like a wide range of stuff too. Mm. Um, when you when you're playing golf, do you 
end up talking about law or is that no, one of the places you specially that's say? that's my time okay. and my mindfulness time and right. exercise and appreciation of nature and that. And would you say a, a proportion of your friends are also in the law or not? Do you try to yes, keep Yes, I would say so. My husband is an advocate, so okay. we have <laughs> a trapped. large circle of <laughs> You're legal You're trapped friends. in the law. Yeah. There's no way out. Mm. Are any of your kids interested in law? Well, yes. My daughter is actually has just completed her master's in law and economics. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a European master's. Wow. And interestingly enough, her thesis was about property law rights in South Africa. That she's just submitted, so. Well, that must make you proud. We're holding thumbs for that. That's great. Mm. That's very, very cool. Tell me, you, you're very interested in in the sectional title stuff. Um, why do you think it's such an important part of the property law in South Africa? Well, n- not so much because it's important, but because it's a creation of statue. So, sectional title is not traditionally a or is not a traditional form of ownership in this country. It's a creation of statute, and um, there are challenges. And I'm not entirely sure that we knew about these challenges or problems when the legislation was introduced so in still, 1971. It's still organic. It's still yes, formulating. Correct. So you correct. can have an influence on that with every case that comes up almost. Correct, Yes. What are the areas of controversy? Well, to put it um, in this way, our law derives from Roman law. And in terms of the Roman law principle, if you owned a piece of land, you owned everything above the land and everything below. And, of course, sectional title development challenges that completely. Because right, you if you're on the third owe, floor. Yeah. You only owe up, own up to your ceiling and then there's somebody else above that. So then you need to deal with things like... um, I mean, technically, you own a piece of airspace, Correct, yes, yes. (laughs) It's a hard thing to get your head around. Yes, it is, very. And mineral rights in South Africa, are those always attached to property? Well, of course, since 1994, those now vest in the state. So in other words, you can own your house and everything above the ground. Correct. But they're allowed to burrow around underneath. Correct, yes. So who owns... I mean, when it comes to things like, uh, you know, we always hear politicians talking about mines and all the rest of it. Those those mines, those rights have to be assigned by government to Correct, corporations yes. and you or have individuals. To have a mining license in right. order to mine and to extract minerals. How does that impact on things like water, for example? Well, as I'm not um, particularly au fait with the um, the legislation, mm-hmm. but as I understand it. Um, the mining titles office have very strict requirements as to what has to be established or managed in mm-hmm. order to conduct a mine. So there are very strict environmental laws that would protect water and ensure that land is rehabilitated at the end of the mine. So when we see all these cranes and things on the horizon, we're going to blame you. Is that okay? Yes. <laughs> I think I think there's a huge need for housing. Yeah. And development um, of all kinds. Develop, yes, and it's particularly encouraging for me to see that kind of development in our economy. It just means so many good things for for everybody. 
jobs, employment, homes. Well, thank you, and and mm. thank you for talking to us. And I hope that uh, that we can get to see some of your art. And uh, we'll definitely have a look at your office to see what kind of a, a, a desk you have. There are some. Mm. some Don't very, look at the desk. Look there, at the art. <laughs> there are some very busy desks in here, and there's some very tidy desks. Yes. And I can't decide which ones work the hardest, the ones that are busy or with tidy desks. (laughs) You want to guess? (laughs) I mean, I saw Colin's desk. It looks like he's got 9,000 cases. Yes, I think those files will fall over and kill him one day. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Lisa. (laughs) Thank you. Great. (laughs) You've been listening to Fluxman's Attorneys for the Love of Law. For more information, go to fluxmans.com.